hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Exco, give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, <laughs> that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Exco, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, you guys, this is Hardcore Country Mickey James, and welcome to the female feature right here on Busted Open. And I'm very excited today for my guest, the one and only, my friend, Miss Missy Hyatt, right here for the Busted Open Nation. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I I am so excited to talk to you. I know that I have spoken to you in the past about all kinds of different things. And I was like, oh, this would be really great as the first woman to come on to feature as a woman who's had so much history, both in the wrestling business as one of the first women to become published authors that I'd known in the wrestling (laughs) business to all the stuff that you're still doing. And now life after wrestling yeah oh my gosh my life after wrestling has been just as much as exciting as wrestling but wrestling's still involved in my life I can't help it it's like the mafia it is you know it's and you're in for a life you can't get out that's what they that's the old say you know once it's in your blood you can't leave it is because you love it and i love it and i love it that i still get to work and i work you know for phoenix championship wrestling every you know i'm gonna be there january 6th plug plug and um Mm -hmm. But I love working for them and love working for companies and, and working and doing stuff in the business still because, and I was just like in New York doing an autograph signing. I love doing all that stuff. I never got to do that when I was in wrestling. There was a, a thing like autograph signings because right. in WCW, you couldn't sell your autograph anyway. You had to give it for free. Yeah. You know? right. And so I remember doing um this thing they had in Atlanta it was like a sports thing that they had games and everything and all the athletes were there like doing um the different games like giving them balls to toss and stuff like that and and they had like the the football players the baseball players and all that and I was there as wrestling and so I had a stack of photos and I was having them donate money and I was remember just bringing them back bunches of money because they didn't want a wrestler there but then I just kind of bullied my way and went there because I wanted to go see the other athletes you know (laughs) Right. <laughs> and um, totally. they, then the next year they were like inviting me to come and everything. We want you there. You know, cause I brought, I made them so much money, but you know, but we couldn't sell our autograph back in, in my time in wrestling. And it wasn't until I got out that I started doing autograph signings and stuff. And I'm like, Hey, this is fun. Where's this been? You know, just also that chance 
for young Alexis Lurie at the time, you know, to meet someone and talk and see a woman thriving still on the other side after being on TV for so long um, in the business and get to have those conversations. Because when I was coming, there weren't a lot of women to talk to or lean on that had been in wrestling and then come out and then were still participating in any kind of right so i appreciated it from that side but well you were a trailblazer because you were there at the beginning when wrestling when the unis changing over from cat fights to women being really athletes and wrestling you -hmm. know you were a trailblazer in that coming out being hot and could wrestle you know because there used to be not so hot but could wrestle and then and then bra and panty things and Uh then you kind of combined the two you know, I had to work on the hot part. That was, no, that was a, you I love you. <laughs> no, I appreciate you. But I, we're talking about you, though. Okay. And you've been, you know, you started. Can did, If people don't know, if they're not aware of who Missy yeah. Hyatt is, which I think, you know, the first lady of professional wrestling, we can talk about how Maria now calls herself as well. The first, how does that oh, really? Feel? But you started in Texas and world class, yes. right? Like, and so yeah, in 85. Yeah, and I, you know what? And I'm so scared to watch the movie coming out because I just really? don't want it to taint me. Because I have such a great, great memory of of Fritz von Eric, Carrie, and Kevin being upstairs in Fritz's office coming up with my name. You know, when really? I first started and giving me a break, and they gave me a break. And if it wasn't for those men and and um hollywood john tatum and um david manning and ken mantel if it wasn't for those gentlemen i'd never be in wrestling and so i know the movie is really it's a good it's a love story between Mm -hmm. kevin and his wife but the downfall is seeing the whole death of all the kids and everything and i just i don't know if i want you know the father was so good to me and treated me so well and paid me so well you know, that I don't want to have a bad, I don't want my memories of him being tainted and being bad. I understand that. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Well, and I have to think of it from your perspective too, because then you probably were there and you remember a lot of these things firsthand. Whereas my perspective is, and they had said that they were kind of worried about how Fritz was portrayed in the movie. Um, Yeah. But you know what happened? I just found out from Bobby Fulton. He was telling me that um, Kevin had a had like a seizure in the ring, and this was like in eighty six or eighty seven or something. And Kevin had a seizure in the ring, and so Bobby and them stopped and were giving him CPR. And Bruiser Brody was jumping down and taking the the photographer's cameras and busting them because they didn't want anyone to see it because he peed on himself. He had peed on himself. Fritz got mad because he said it made him look weak. Mm-hmm. So what was he supposed to let him die? You right. know? And when I heard that about Fritz, I'm like, oh man, living under him with such a high standard that you would have to do. And then after David died, you know, cause David was the heir apparent was going to be right. the one that took over the company and be the booker and everything. And then when he passed away, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's going to yeah. be sad. Yeah, that was the best time of my life, though, being in world class and going over to Israel, because at the time, the only thing on TV in Israel was NBA basketball and wrestling. They had a problem with power. So they take their batteries out of their car and hook them up to the TV so they wouldn't lose power to watch world class wrestling. 
and they wow. loved it. We were treated like superstars when we went over there. I was in like an Israeli magazines and just, we had to have three bodyguards of Pete. I never, I never had that happen to me. I'd only been in wrestling like a year and a half or whatever. And to go over there and be treated like that and treated so well, it was amazing to me. You know, that wow. was the best time of my life working for, for the Von Erics. So I just don't want anything to, to ruin my best time. And then you went, you talked about WCW and your career there, obviously. Yeah. WCW. What are some of your fondest memories from that whole? My paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, people send me videos and stuff that sometimes, and I don't even remember it. I don't even remember it, you know, but I remember getting like on Halloween Havoc to get to dress up. Like one year I dressed up as a mermaid and one year they had me dressed up as a good witch and a bad witch and stuff like that. So that was fun dressing up, you know, Halloween yeah. Havoc. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. It was fun yeah. working there. I was really upset because in 1989, Playboy came to me and I went up to Chicago and took photos and stuff and they wanted to give me a pictorial in the cover and I told Jim Ross and Jim Ross took it to the booking committee or whatever. And they said, no, or they took it to the suits and they said, no, we can't have on air talent on TBS naked in a magazine. Right. So they ixnate it. And then another time they were doing the James Bond series on TBS or TNT. I forget which one it was. And they asked me to do the openings and stuff for it. Yeah. Like the wraparounds for it. Right. And WCW said, no, you can't do that. You know, they, they really held me back in a lot of things that, that, that could have made me, you know, more. And then the, the Tuesday, they were doing Tuesday night football on TNT. Uh -huh. And I was talking to the announcers cause I had met them and they wanted me to do, a, wanted me to do like field line reporting and WCW right. said, no, I can't do that. That's so so anything that I tried to do extra they were always saying, no, no, you can't, no, you can't. But never, they never really did anything with me anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I would, I would manage, then I would be announcer. Then I did locker room interviews and then manage again. I mean, it was just like, they never knew what to do with me. I always call those golden handcuffs. Like it's so frustrating when you feel like you have this amazing opportunity and this amazing platform or whatever, but you feel limited and like, the things that you think that you can do. And that was a shame that they yeah. said no to all those things, because yeah. I think that that would have really been a game changer for you. Yeah. It would have helped. You know? It would have helped their product too. It might and get it fans. It might get people to watch it that never had watched it before. Right. You know, I mean, it just, it helps expand it and makes it more mainstream, makes wrestling more mainstream if they would have let me do, you know, which is where we are now. And what we yeah. is to go mainstream. And then you talk about like fast forward. And then obviously WWE had women on the cover of playboy and involved yeah, they playboy had women in them. I mean, look at China. That was like the most, bought magazine yeah i don't understand i mean they even sent me because my southern accent used to be really really bad and they sent me to a lady to, to try to get rid of my southern accent because i i sounded like uh jim ross used to call me ellie may clampett you know from the clamp <laughs> yeah from beverly hillbillies yes he's like ah oh, he'd be like come on ellie may let's get this on the next tape you know oh, but all my, my stuff like my missy does the mails and all that that was all me no one wrote that. I yeah. wrote all those stuff. That's you know? amazing. Um, Tony Schiavone would give me stuff for his show 
the worldwide show, the syndication show, and he would write some stuff, but I would put my spin on it, you mm-hmm. know, and right. I would read it and then put what I wanted in it and out of it and use some of his stuff and everything. But, you know, that was me. I wrote all that, all that ad lib, all the stuff with Jim Ross, Paul Lee and us. I mean, that, that wasn't scripted. That was just all of us doing our thing. Nowadays, well, that's where I the magic happens. So yeah, too- and I think that's such a shame because it's a lost art in wrestling now doing the interview because everything yeah. is, is scripted. And it I sit back scripted. at these shows yeah. and everybody's going through their matches like, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened to calling it in the ring by going with, with the crowd and doing, Feeling. you know... Feeling, feeling the crowd and 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 working Reacting. your spots out like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a lost art in wrestling. It is a lost art. And I'm still old school. I don't think I that they should be. I don't think it should be like that. I don't. I think there should be two separate dressing rooms. I had I don't two think- separate dress. There were shows I had two separate dressing rooms, and I remember the first time I was like, it was so foreign to me and they're like no this way it's it was in nashville where the first time i ever had two separate dressing rooms and i was like for burt prentice and uh nashville fairgrounds i won't forget it and then i was like wait wait she's over there and i'm like oh god we hadn't really we hadn't talked about anything we hadn't really talked about anything I'm right just, like, terrified we used terrified. to get the stuff because oh, our so dressing good. rooms are so separate the referees would come and carry the finish and then you would say, okay, well, let's start out with this. And then I'm going to do this high spot and this. And then he would carry that back. So he yeah. would go through the referees back and forth, whoever was the referee of your match. Right. You know, and, and if you look at the old stuff, like Jim Ross, he would get the cue in his ear. What, you know, like they would say, well, give us our finish is going to, we're going to need 60 seconds or a minute and a half to go, you know, to the finish and get it right. done. So Jim would get the cue and he'd put the mic down and that would be the cue. The referee would see Jim Ross put the mic down and then he'd tell the guys, okay, go home. It's ready to go home. I'll tell you, there was, when you were talking about the losing the Southern accent, it's so funny you say that because I remember very early on, I think it was Johnny Ace telling me like, kid, you really need to lose the Southern accent. (laughs) Gotta lose it. So, and I remember trying deliberately to just speak which i don't I, it comes out it comes out when i've been right it, it mine out comes out too. Pissed. it comes out in in certain phrasing if i go back home but yes. if i go home and i'm much more relaxed i don't do i don't try to hide as my uh accent as much as i once did um but it comes out in certain moments naturally right. but i remember distinctly being if you want to be mainstream if you want to get a push if you want to be seen as mm-hmm. something because right now you just sound like a and just southern wasn't you sound over. like a southern redneck the number one pro wrestling show on the planet busted open is available seven days a week by subscribing and downloading the busted open podcast this is dave lagreca join me alongside two wwe hall of famers mark henry and bully ray the hardcore legend tommy dreamer plus thunder rosa and mickey james all week long as we break down everything going on in and out of the ring listen to busted open right now on the sxm app or wherever you get your podcasts did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Extra, give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. Wins, and that, that's our legacy. You 
ready to be a part of it? Let's go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric CDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You brought up Paul Heyman, and I have to ask you about Paul Heyman. Because Paul Heyman, to me, I think he's amazing. I think he's a genius. Oh, he's so smart. He's, he's so, so smart. So smart. But... So I have to ask you about like work, you know, working alongside or. Well, or when I first from... met him, we met in Georgia and Eddie Gilbert and myself were there working. And uh, I forget who we were working for. It was just an independent group. This was in, before we were going, before Eddie was going to Continental Alabama area. And um, we met Paulie and I fell in love with him. And we were on the phone. This is back when you had to pay per minute, you know, on the phone. And I, we used to have four and $500 phone bills back in the day because me and Paulie would be on the phone just gossiping all night long. Did you know this? Did you know this? All about wrestling and stuff. And so I made Eddie hire him. Eddie didn't want to hire him. I made Eddie hire him. And then he ended up being Eddie's assistant booker in Continental and everything. And then when we went to WCW, he went with us, you know, like the whole group all went mm -hmm. to WCW, back to WCW. And um, Paul was just an amazing, amazing guy. He was so funny. And he lived with us when we lived in Montgomery, Alabama. We had a two-bedroom apartment because we still had a house in Lexington. And so we had a two-bedroom right. apartment. And and I would go in his room and nothing was in his room but white shirts, white button-up shirts and baseball cards. He had like <laughs> boxes of baseball cards. Yeah. I mean, he was a kid back then. He was 27 yeah. years old. You know, we were all kids back then. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a wonderful guy. I love him to death. So Yeah. I do too. He's been very influential in my career from, you know, when I first moved oh, yeah. to ECW to being the head guy when I was in OVW and my friend and someone I would lean on even when I was back at WWE the last time. Like I just, his, he's so brilliant in how he thinks about, and like you said, we've watched him grow up on television and I yes. obviously the whole time I've been in there, he's been in a very powerful or very like uh, awesome position in the sense and hit, you know, he'd been 20 years in the business or whatever at that point so yeah, yeah. i mean he's been around her forever yeah. see like that for me it was jim ross jim when jim ross left wcw my life went in the toilet because jim ross was my advocate for me and right. he would advocate for me for the booker and to the boss and whoever was a suit well let missy do this she can do it let her do yeah. this she can do it you know and when he left and everything went to hell, you know, when, when Bischoff came in and stuff like that. And then when I broke up with different. Jason, Jason and Bischoff had his ass up Jason Hervey. That's but right. Somebody's That's right. Somebody's yeah. up. Somebody's butt. Anyway. And <laughs> I, so, well, I just yeah. I forgot that you and Jason were yeah. together. But and, Jim Ross um, gave me my, you know, he's the guy. He was in charge when I got hired. Um, oh, with WWE okay. and Jim, I love Jr. Like, yeah, he's so Jim kind is the best. It's and it's still amazing too that people that you still remain friends with, you know, and especially I think in your career and how long you've been a part of wrestling to still have those bonds and friendships. It really is. It's one of my favorite. Parts and it's so it. funny because even if you don't know somebody, but you know them in wrestling, and then you meet them, you feel like you know them. Right. 
Uh, it was like Sherry Martell. I remember I was talking to we at when I, in Dallas. I was living in LA at the time, but in in Atlanta, we had this one Delta agent that everyone would go to that he would upgrade you or. Get, mm -hmm. you know, make sure your tickets are okay or get you good tickets and stuff like that. And so everybody went to him. So I was calling him to get a ticket or something. And Sherry was there and Sherry grabs the phone and we start talking. I never met her, but we knew each other. Right. You know, it was so cool. And I invited her to come to my house when she was going to be in LA. She said she would give me one of those French made outfits, which I never got, but I got to work with her one time in, in, um, in Canada for the A. AWF or something and it was uh I won a, the man's belt I was the first woman to win a man's belt I did it before China did about a year before China did it anyway and it was the men's heavyweight world belt in Canada mm -hmm. and I wrestled against Sherry it was a mixed tag match and the winner of the fall wins the belt and I won and then we came back with a regular match and I was so nervous and so scared and Sherry's like just listen to me and everything will be okay yeah. we went out there and I in the three moves that I know, she worked around <laughs> it and she couldn't make a broomstick look good. And I was the broomstick. And the <laughs> match, I mean, I can't say the match was five stars or anything like that. I mean, but it was a star because of my limited working ability, but she made it good. Yeah. You know, I mean, the people got into it. The people were cheering, the people were booing. I mean, everything. It was, it was amazing. And Sherry was an amazing person. I miss her very I much. I yeah, I wish I had had been able to talk to her and learn from her so much more. Um, she's my favorite of all time. She's always has been, always will be. Um, she told me she goes, I learned how to punch because I told her her punches are so good. She goes, I I I hung up in the shower a frying pan and I would punch it until my and she goes, my knuckles would bleed, but I punched it until I learned how to punch it and make it look good without without bleeding. Right. I'm like, who thinks of that? But I'm so honored to have you on as the first lady of professional wrestling, as a history maker in your own right, as the <laughs> most fashion forward female of professional wrestling. Hey, listen, somebody really... had to bring luxury goods to the wrestling public. You can say that world. again. And if that's what you're, if you were to say, what is my legacy in professional wrestling? I would say it is that. Yes, it's the Gucci first, part. <laughs> just be, just being you your most wonderful you and then and obviously the fashion and all the history and all the amazing things but also staying so loving and just embracing and just being your most wonderful you and i appreciate that oh, and you've always you. been kind to me and i think that you've always had positive things to say about so many people i love wrestling and i love everybody that wants to be in it or that's in it too because i know that I fell in love with it and strived and wanted to be in it. And I respect everybody else that has done their thing to get in it. You know, yeah. they've worked hard and gone through it. Cause it, it's hard to break into the business. It really is. You know, yeah. nowadays, you know, I mean, maybe you could be lucky that someone sees you in a magazine or someone sees you somewhere and you get a call up and, Hey, do you want to be a wrestler? And you're, and you're like, what do I have to do? Well, you got to come train and get your ass kicked every day. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just Who knows how you get in the wrestling business? Maybe it's somebody that has fallen in love with it, like me at 17. I didn't find out about it until I was 17 and find out about it and then, and then struggled to get in it, you know, wanted to be in it. I mean, who knows what people struggle and what they do? And it's also who's pulling the string? 
difference, you know, because you wonder a lot of times you see somebody, you know, oh my God, they're so good and they're so talented. Why aren't they getting a push, you know? And this business is just so, you know, it's not based on how great you are a lot of the times. It's based on other stupid shit that has nothing to do with it. You know, like my calendar, I hate boasting about shit. My calendar sold more than the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders calendar did in 94. I got fired that year. My hotline made more money after Jim left. It was the number one hotline. Made a half a million dollars a year for the company. And I know how much I was getting paid, which was diddly squat. And I still got fired, you know, right. and it, it was a business thing. Like I didn't cost them any money. I made the, I made the company money. Unlike other talent that they had. I know it's petty and there's some people that are really petty, but I still love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you for having if me. If you want to leave your fans you with want. anything where they can find you, where they can follow you. Well, I'm just on Twitter or X, it's Missy Hyatt. And on Instagram, it's the real Missy Hyatt. Those are the two things. And then I have a YouTube channel too, Missy Hyatt, that I do wrestling history. So I'll pick out a magazine or a program because I got bunches of magazines and programs. I have like, I have foot lockers full of stuff, all my wrestling gimmicks, all my get all my stuff that I've collected. And so I'll pull one out and then I'll research and find out what's going on in wrestling like January 1992 or not 99 uh-huh. or whatever, you know, and I'll pull out a thing and, and, and I'll go, okay, this is what's going on. And so I tell them what's going on in my, what I was doing in my life and what, what was going on in wrestling at that time. Well, thank you so much, Missy. And thank, thank you, you for very everything you've done for women in wrestling and for the business. And we love you. Well, I'm just so happy that they're getting paid more money now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I could have you on for, you know, forever to talk a million other things, but oh, yeah. maybe anytime, we'll do a two-parter. We'll do a two-parter. Okay, anytime you want, you just give me yeah. a holler. We love okay. you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric CDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.